0: Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. My guest today is Eduardo Libre from Circular Unity. I say that very clearly now because I screwed it up a couple times. Uh, I had the 90s on my mind, uh, so I screwed up the name of the company at the start of the podcast, uh, but that's okay because it gave uh, Eduardo a chance to talk about what they are up to. Um check out my website it's dave lots of new uh things there uh Blog post on market research that's uh, been really, really popular with folks. Uh, It teaches you lessons that I've learned from doing some really big uh, market research projects with some sports organizations around the world. Uh, There's some really good lessons there. Uh, I totally, totally would encourage you to go check out the market research um, article. It's got a huge picture of my favorite Tottenham Hotspur mug, uh, and you'll know why it is there if you read the article. Get the Talking Tickets newsletter, talkingtickets.substack.com. That's my weekly ticket newsletter that's focused on marketing and selling live events. Um, Check out my friends at Booking Protect, uh, www.bookingprotect.com. They will be at Intix. Uh, Check them out. Uh, There's some really great new data. They are now a cover genius company uh, that's going to make tons of new ways for you to partner with them. Uh, Lots of new opportunities, uh, great research on consumer behavior, uh, great data about what people are either buying or not buying, uh, what consumer sentiment is now, all kinds of great stuff. So check them out, bookingprotect.com. So Eduardo, and circular unity is we talk about sustainability and environmentally friendly uh, event practices. So, this was pretty good because I am a noted um, tree hugger who drives uh, an electric car, um, tries to recycle, do all these things. Uh, th- and all kidding aside, this is a really uh, good conversation we talk about the challenges and the opportunities in creating a more sustainable uh, event business. We talk about the supply chain challenges that come up uh, and how they impact everything. We talk about um, forest green rovers, which is a really great example of an organization who has put sustainability at the heart of their business model. Uh, we talk about uh, carbon offsets. Uh, we talk about, you know, what drives organizations to look at sustainability practices. Uh, Eduardo shares some of the real data around, um, you know, what some of these numbers and ideas mean. We talk about um, you know voluntary versus involuntary markets. Uh, We talk about the the French ban on short haul flights, which um, has been getting a lot of press the last few days. Uh, We talk about will customers pay for it, right? We talk about um, you know what role artists and venues have. Uh, You know, this is if you are into. Uh, environmental policy, sustainability, Uh, you want to make your organization a little bit more sustainable or make a commitment to offset some of your carbon emissions, this is a really uh, interesting conversation uh, with Eduardo Libre from Circular Unity on the Business of Fun. All right, I want to welcome Eduardo Lieber from Circular City to the Business of Fun. Eduardo, what's up, man?
1: Hello, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, uh, my name is Eduardo Lebre. is Lebre, I said it wrong. Forgive me. No, you said it uh, fine. No worries. Uh, well, thank you for being
0: here. This is because uh, you're talking about a circular city is about sustainability and environment, being a more environmentally friendly entertainment industry. Uh, and I am a um, big advocate for being environmentally friendly in ways that like are um, uh, reasonable to people. But I know that like it's large scale businesses, this uh, big business that is like the largest driver of, uh, you know, uh, greenhouse gas emissions and things like this. Um, where did you guys come up with the idea for uh, of focusing on sustainability and entertainment?
1: Thank you, Dave. I will just do a small, small correction. Uh, so last year, me and uh, my three co-founders, Alberto, Marcelo, and Nicola, we came up with this idea for Circular Unity, uh, not okay. Circular City, Circular Unity.
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's I fine. made. A, I underlined it on my paper three or four times to. Uh, see,
1: that is fine cool. no worries so Circular's, circular unity idea came up uh, we came up with it uh, l- last year after few of us especially me and marcelo working with sustainability after many years marcelo focused on the events industry doing sustainability consultants for very big events like boom festival burning man rock and rio glastonbury festival in scotland And one thing that we figured out while trying to measure how sustainable is an event is that was really, really, really hard to do it. Uh, It took an insane amount of effort, a lot of communication with different stakeholders, suppliers, workers, attendees of the festivals. And basically the tools used were spreadsheets, Excel, or sometimes even pen and paper. The results uh, end up that were not so accurate, were expensive, uh, the festivals had to pay very expensive consultants' fees and we thought there must be a better way. So we got together our our knowledge of the four founders that is a mix of sustainability, CSR, finances and especially automation and we cooked Impact All. Impact All uh, is our solution that is a Two, that helps not only events. We broaded, make uh, the scope broader for hospitality, mm-hmm. entertainment events, and tourism companies to make is how they can assess their sustainability performance. Uh, they, we allow them with the tool to measure, to reduce, to communicate and to report uh, all their sustainability, social, circularity, KPIs and uh, resource flow analysis of everything that is being consumed at the organization and what is the output of that in terms of emissions, in terms of uh, wasting the landfill. Uh, Based on that data, we assess and give them insights how they can reduce it And then we provide them with automated reports that they can use to share with their attendees, to involve their supply chain, to involve their stakeholders, attract uh, more investors. And especially there is a big misconception uh, regarding being sustainable that usually people when hear oh i need to do something extra than what i'm not doing right now at my event at my organization this will cost money it will be expensive for me it will be costly it will bring me more costs and this is totally untrue what we we realize it is that for companies events of any kind when they become sustainable it means cutting costs it means becoming more efficient using your resources in a smarter way like how can you consume your water responsibly how can you avoid uh, sending waste to the landfill how can you uh, use your energy more efficiently and each section uh, of uh, an organization that consume some kind of resource can be optimized. And the results of optimization usually are cut of costs and increase of profitability. So one of our main goals is to break this cloud from the, the organizations that sustainability is costly. No, sustainability is profitable. And if you are not doing right now, you are losing money.
0: I like that because I often say that, like, you know, I I say this about a lot of things like, um, you know, investing in women's sports, investing in sustainability, um, innovation around, you know, um, putting on events more efficiently. Any of these things, they all end up making you money. So don't do them because you think they're the right thing. Do them for your greed because they will make you money. Right, and and it's true, right? Because if you're looking at what you talk about, it's like if you're using less resources, you say you're saving money. So then, if you're charging the same amount, you're making more money. You know, the same thing with like all of the th- cost of landfill. Um, some of these things you are stuff you already have to do. So then, the thing is, is like if like this municipality that you're working with, um, they're going to charge you a certain amount no matter what. So if you any of these things are, they're offsets to help you minimize those costs i mean we i I was involved with a festival in um south florida at one point and the costs for like a a different you know different responsibilities we had were enormous right and they and, and having something like this would have been very very helpful because we were on the beach so there was like extreme amounts of uh you know How do you stop pollution from getting into the ocean? How do you stop, you know, keep the trash corral so it doesn't become a blight on the city? I mean, this stuff is, um, you know, to me, like a no brainer. But my question to you then becomes is like, how do you convince someone that's a skeptic of the impact of something like this that it's like really matters? I mean, I think I, I probably sort of made the case already, but like, you know, how do you do it? I'm also a blowhard, Eduardo, so that's uh... a...
1: <laughs> no worries, I like I the question. Uh, this is, is, I think, is the biggest dilemma. Uh, one is the point of that I was tackling, that we need to change this misconception that is not costly, it actually brings you profit. Even if it's not uh, short-term, in the long-term, compensates you to change your energy consumption for renewables, so it will be cheaper in the long-term. The second thing is... Uh, I think climate uh, climate change becomes became some mainstream so using real life scenarios on how companies that uh, are applying sustainability they are becoming more profitable and they are attracting more investments and they are attracting more stakeholders and it's something also that is becoming a, a pressure from From the attendees of festivals they don't want to go to a a a big event that they know that will pollute uh, earth and that will be bad for the environment so they are asking for this so there is also the artists that are each time more signing different pledges like code play they will not play if your venue is not sustainable so if they want to attract the big talent and each more we're going to have those kind of artists signing net zero pledges it will be harder for you to to get the right talent to, to play at your event. And I think the most convincing is if you don't do it now, how are you going to do it when the legislation hits you in your door? Uh-huh. Because yeah. it's getting closer. It's getting real close. Uh, we have the, the new Green Deal. We have the, the Paris Agreement. Uh, we are having now COP27 where many decisions will come out of there. We have the new uh, International Sustainability Board saying that uh, organizations need to account for scope 1, 2 and 3. And unfortunately, very few companies are doing this uh, today. And either they will go broke Because when they need to shift their operations, if they have to do this in 2028, if they didn't start a few years before, how are they going to change their whole operation in one year? This is a very strong point. uh, Why they need to do it today. So when they get there five years in the road, they are prepared for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. It's like, um, if you do it now, you know, there might be a premium that you're paying for some of the technologies, some of the tools, but it won't be as bad as the te- as the premium you'll pay when everybody's forced to comply. You know, later on down down the road, right? When that's like a requirement, you know. So it's better, even if the top line cost seems more now, than the you know the existential challenge because there will be limited people who are skilled. In installation and and understanding how to comply with these these ideas, uh, and putting them into action, so that if you're if everybody's scrambling at the end. You may you may very well find businesses that just can't come. They won't be able to compete. I, that's a really good point. Um, so you said five years down the road, like that's like an estimate. You know, it, it, so how fast are these changes happening now? You know, like I, because obviously, I know if you're saying like if one of your concerns is people are going to be forced all into this at one point, it's not happening fast enough. I believe, and I think if you like you said, it's become a um, Climate change is a mainstream issue now. Uh, you know, even for people who kind of uh, didn't understand it, maybe I don't understand how you can be a, a denialist at this point, but that's okay. I, you know, I know they, they're there. Um, how fast are is are these things happening? You know, how, how fast is change coming about?
1: Too slow, in my opinion. Incredibly slow. And uh, this is the biggest pain. Uh, many people that I talk in the events industry uh, professionals that are working with really big events across the world. The latest, I got a feedback that 20% of the events that person works are doing some sustainability uh, action. But even though it's, most of them are not measuring scope 3, that is the biggest part of the impact. Uh, few are, but still we have 80% of uh, the market or the events that this person is working that they are not doing events because of sustainability they are doing events to promote their product they're doing events to put uh, some specific kind of group together the main focus is still not sustainability uh, so it's, it's tricky uh it's, it's very tricky i think it's slow and uh, governments and uh Play an important role on accelerating this transition of putting laws and in place standards and frameworks on how these companies can and should, in my opinion, must report uh, all the three scopes. But it's indeed uh, too slow. But if we compare the last 20 years against only these last two years, the speed that has increased this awareness about climate change uh, at the government level and the government bodies, increased a lot. I think it was exponential in these two last years. We never talked so much about uh, climate change or about companies. Finally, being having this possibility ahead that they will be obliged to report their scope three, including their supply chain. This was something that uh, two to five years ago was unthinkable. Uh, mm-hmm. Business would not accept. But now we see that it's needed. Otherwise, we will not uh, reach the 1.5 uh, increase in, in the temperature uh, yeah. proposed on, on the Paris Agreement. So, I don't know if I responded your question, but in my opinion, it's too slow and government yeah, no, should I... speed up... Uh, as fast as they can, because uh, we are already too late. We are running against time, and we cannot have any more voluntary markets, because yep. when it's voluntary, people will just do what they want, and we will keep business as usual. And uh, this is not what the world needs right now. We already see big changes in the corporate area, and here in Europe, uh, we have this new law that uh, Companies above 20 million, any kind of company, 20 million revenue, and above 250 employees, they should disclose some kind of sustainability report. I'm not sure how in USA if there is already some requirement, but for sure, public companies they they have to.
0: It's the Wild West in the US. Like we we still uh we still have a half of Congress who are climate deniers because they're being uh, paid by lobbyists to re- to think that or to say that climate change is a hoax and that there are reputable scientists that to say that it doesn't exist so uh we are like not even close to that but uh the biden administration has been very um strong about pushing for some of these things and so like having some sort of sustainability report i think makes all the sense in the world uh but i i have a question here because i'm curious about it because you know i know um you talked about coldplay. play i know that um Jack White has gone, and like he 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 is a big advocate for sustainability, and he especially uh, uh, maybe he might, his opinion might have changed after the last few months with uh, uh, Elon Musk, but is a big fan of, of of Tesla and electrifying the, the uh, automobile fleet. Uh, Pearl Jam worked with UPS to offset all of their um, emissions, and you know they I guess they're they. They're moving their um, state setup from venue to venue. They work with a FedEx to, or not FedEx, UPS, to make that entirely a net uh, carbon neutral uh, before. How much of an impact are artists themselves having on this? Because you just said 20% of these events that people you're talking to have some sustainability component Um, but somebody like Coldplay not playing at a or won't play at a venue that's not carbon neutral um, how much of an impact does that really have or is it more virtue signaling?
1: Uh, Artists have a lot of impact not only in their own emissions but how they influence their fans they they have a powerful voice I think the they' biggest influences of today's world. So if we have more more bands and artists like Codeplay like Jack White showing how it should be done, how what we should ask from the venues, what should we ask from or the companies that are organizing our tours? Uh, it's gonna be better, but it's not only this. Uh, the artists, the most of their emissions comes from travel. So we have uh, most of artists, if they have a global tour, they we have to go around the world by airplane. And the event is many times happening just because they are going to that place. And this is, is hard to say there is a pro- problem of boundaries, because, OK, for an artist, what is the artist's impact? It's just his travel of uh, the artists and the staff and the equipment and where they're staying, in which hotel, uh, and how they are getting from the hotel to the event itself, all the kinds of transportation that are involved in the middle, was also the impact that they are causing by making this event happen. Because one, you can have an event, zero, the event doesn't exist. But if I propose as an artist to make an event, then what are the impacts of this? I have yeah. 10,000 people also transporting themselves to the event. All of these are causing emissions. So there is a problem of boundaries between what is the responsibility from the attendees emission? Is it from the artist or is it from the event or is shared? Um, it's hard to say. Most of times, it comes up to, since this is scope 3, everyone wants to wash their hands. Uh, in my opinion, should be a uh, shared responsibility from who is producing this event and also trying to educate their attendees on how they can transport themselves to the event in a more sustainable way. Maybe taking a train, maybe not going by car, taking a public transport, if possible, taking their bike or even walking to the event if when possible. Uh, maybe planning instead of going from south to north of usa to go to an event maybe take a week break and take the the some some bus share the transport or take a train uh these Drive are a few electric ways. car electric car <laughs> works as well uh, for the places that uh, you have a way how to to recharge it's a great option in france right now it's forbidden to make a short haul flights yeah so i I think this is incredible, because if there is a more sustainable way that don't take a lot more time for you to reach to the place you want, why shouldn't we enforce that, right? Yeah. So uh, it's a great example uh, right there. But yeah, artists, they, more than the impact that they cause, I think they have the impact to, to make change, to inspire others with being the example. Like the, you have Billie Eilish, for example, how how many places on earth she's touring? Like, it's a lot. She's having a show each day in a different place. And how many millions of funds around the world she has? Many oh, millions. Tons tons, yes. If she was advocating for sustainability uh, and leading by example to those funds, what would be the impact? cause it, the positive impact that can come out of this. would be their, their, her fans would be asking the festivals they go, the venues they go, like, we want you to be sustainable. And today, I also read somewhere that 80% of people are willing to pay the, some extra buck for contributing to this uh, event. Being more sustainable. I would not mind if I'm paying already like uh, 100 bucks to pay 110, 120. If that means that uh, my going to that event will be more sustainable or compensated by some carbon credit project, uh, planting trees somewhere, investing in some solar energy or wind energy renewable source or helping some project in Africa, like cook stoves for Africa. There, There are a bunch of those but the thing is, very few events offer some way for you to compensate. Very few events ed- educate people on how it's more sustainable for you to go to the event. Uh, and this is both is a lack of tools lack and lack of uh, knowledge. Um, people are just not aware uh, of this information as uh, event producers and... If they are not aware, they cannot teach their attendees or their stakeholders, this including the artists, on how they can use their voice to help the event producers to become more sustainable and bring everyone together. And we talk about the artists, but there is the attendees and also the supply chain, everyone that is involved in bringing service to the event, from the food providers to the people that are mounting the stages to simply... Every single supplier involved. Uh, if you are using one-time use things, or for example, when you're making the menu for your event, you are using a lot of uh, single plastic bottle, or using suppliers that pack your uh, purchase in several plastic paper and other things that are unnecessary, or even sometimes simply by asking your attendees what is your meal preference. This can avoid waste going to the landfill because then Mm -hmm. your food supplier can go to him and say, look, I have a a, a thousand people coming to this festival. 70% of them say that they are vegetarian, 30% say they are meat eaters. So you can combine the action with your supplier and say, look, that is that are the statistics that we got make the meals based on that so it will avoid waste one of these days i got a tip even that i think is brilliant i think events should place a a fee for those that don't show up to compensate the food waste so for example many times you have those free corporate events that you make a buffet for all the the attendees and I myself I registered me in a bunch and sometimes I end up not going uh, today is mostly Vito so not a big problem for the food waste but imagine this happening on live events where they make a buffet and then half of the people don't show no show up is a huge problem as well uh, yeah, there are so many ways that events can be educating themselves to then educate their suppliers and their attendees and their artists as well. To combine this effort, because cannot be only one person fighting against yes. the climate change. In the end, there has to be every single one that is connected to to producing that event.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. You actually, I was going to ask you that. That was going to be my question. I was going to be. So really, it's not one thing. There's no magic wand. It's a bunch. It's a bunch of of, of steps, you know. And uh, they go from large to small, right? Like, so I ch- try to use rec- recyclable cups everywhere I go, like for coffee and just, um, or just anything if I can, right? I get you know, Everywhere I go, like if I go to a uh, um a brewery, because I go to this brewery in Boston, and they they definitely are carbon neutral, and they always sell aluminum cups. This like that amazing. you can buy. Yeah. And I did. I, I, I buy them. I have tons of them at home now uh, because every time I'm in Boston, I go to the brewery, I buy a new cup. Um, it's so that there's that. But then there's like also this large scale stuff. Right. Which is like going. It's not. um, And you tell me if I'm wrong. It's not like we're saying, hey, look, everybody has to be vegan or anything else. It's just like what? Hey, if you're going to... Don't waste the stuff. Make you know, make the mix of food what's most likely for people to buy. So that like cuts down on waste.
1: So with a if plan you change to- from meat... You, let's say 100% of my attendees are meat eaters. If I change my menu from cow meat to chicken... It's already right. more than half of the emissions based on food are cut. It. So even... You don't need to be completely vegetarian. But right. also... Maybe from those a hundred, mm-hmm. a part of them. I also don't mind to eat other things if they're tasty, if, right. if they yeah. look good, yeah. Yeah. So you or the
0: quality, right? Yeah. Like you, you know, like the factory farming creates tons of emission, but like grass fed and grain fed, the, the like more the closer, more natural the production is, the less carbon uh, emissions. Come. Is that right, or am I wrong?
1: Yeah, or tough have as, you tough something like to say. vegan, vegetarian, yeah. uh, then meat, and then you have the types of meat that each one, the, yeah. the one that most consumed for sure is cow meat, um, then you have chicken, fish, and, and other ones, but the best one is vegan meal, is the le- least emissions, and the one that uses less electricity, less water. And that is the main reason when you account the emission for for food and also area of earth planted.
0: All right. Well, let me let me ask you two more questions because I'm conscious of our time today. The first one is so you talked about carbon credits, offsets, renewable energy. Um, you know, I've I've seen data on like the carbon credits and the offsets and stuff. Um, how effective are those? you know because and I, this is a point of curiosity to me because i know that it's kind of sometimes hard to measure how effective something is
1: uh, in certain cases it's hard to to say so my big advice if you are looking for of, to offset your uh, offset your carbon emissions look for verifiable projects and projects that are certified uh, there are many credible certifications, CDP, VERA, gold standard. These are the ones that you should be looking for. Uh, events must be certified to be at least credible. How effective they are, it depends a lot on the kind of project, because, for example, exchanging cook stoves for people that are still burning wood or coal to cook is its not that you are Sequestrating carbon, you're avoiding carbon going more carbon going to, to the atmosphere. Planting trees, you're sequestrating carbon. Renewable energy, when you invest in this, it's uh, ex- accelerating the transition to make the energy cheaper in the future and uh, investing in the technology so it can be more scalable. So there are several types of investment, but the main criteria here is invest in projects that are certified and cannot be duplicated, because this is the biggest problem of carbon uh, credit marketplaces, is that there is no transparency and the sale of duplicated credit. So you should be really aware when you buy your credit to check in the carbon registered. If this credit was not retired before you are purchasing, because yeah. you might be buying a, a duplicated one that is worthless, then you are really just not helping the planet you're just
0: you're getting scammed yes yeah,
1: you're getting scammed so my advice is look for blockchain uh, technologies involved with carbon credit marketplace or very credible card, uh, marketplaces like the un one is is a good one we have a uh, few ones across europe and usa that are based in, in blockchain a big example would say IO. that means that all the credits that are purchased there are verifiable they are transparent because they are on the blockchain so you can be audited and you can be sure that they will never be duplicated because they are part of the chain so i would say look for verifiability and certification these are the okay. two main points how efficient the projects are um it's hard to measure for some types of project but for most types of projects we have very concrete uh, parameters like if i plant that uh, um, that area with that amount of trees that are native there there is companies that uh, can monitor your land with satellites and tell you exactly millimeter by millimeter centimeter by centimeter how much carbon you are sequestrating your land uh, and this applies also to farmers and people, regular people that have some land with some tree uh, planted. Today you can hire services of companies such like uh, like this one that I mentioned and uh, certify how much credit of carbon you're generating with your land. Um, it's all quantifiable, but the first step is to get certified. So it's credible that you are really committed and there is a uh, people and organizations following up with your commitment um, that is my advice when looking for carbon credits
0: okay and so then one final one then is like where should people be looking for inspiration and i'll say that like one of the coolest things that i see is i love forest green rovers in in England because they have designed a stadium that is going to be completely sustainable, not using concrete, all these things. They have like all these like I ordered my son a jersey last year for his birthday uh, that was made out of like recycled coffee grounds. So I was like, I find it kind of cool that what they could do, because I was like, who does this even think? But where should people be looking for inspiration and like where you can see examples of people doing a really great job besides four screen rovers? Because they're amazing.
1: I would say like in the event sector in usa i'm part as a founding member of muse members united for sustainable event and we are a big community in usa that really cares about being sustainable and applying the very basic and improving with time and until we get to a point that the industry can get to the net zero the real net zero and being more sustainable but is a good place to start they offer a lot of material for events on how to to be sustainable lots of interviews with great people right there Uh, i also advise on the materials from um sustainable events alliance Uh, they have great materials to to teach you how to get be more sustainable as an event producer and also the Events industry council if you are looking to certify yourself as a Uh, Event Sustainability Professional is a great place to go. They have uh, several courses that you can certify and learn about every single aspect on how to make your event sustainable. Besides this, uh, if you're looking to learn more about this, I really advise you reading about GHG protocol, GHG protocol, Green Gas House uh, Emissions, also about GRI reporting uh, is how you should be reporting the sustainability efforts of your company, organization, event. Uh, these are the informations, uh, the places, sources of information that I usually go when I need to revisit some concept or understand more about uh, being sustainable.
0: Yeah. And where can people find you on the Internet?
1: I'm on LinkedIn, uh, so to find me, you can search by Eduardo Lebre. Also, you can visit our website, uh, www.circulayunity.com. And uh, I guess this is it. Uh, You can send us a message from from the website or feel free to send me a direct email on eduardo at circularunity.com.
0: Not Circular City, like I butchered it at the start. So that's not good. But
1: that (laughs) is also a great name. I like (laughs) Circles. Eduardo, man, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you very much, Dave. It's a pleasure.
0: Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Eduardo by sending me an email. It is my name, Dave, at DaveWakeman.com. Check out my website, DaveWakeman.com. I've got a whole slew of new workshops that I'm going to start rolling out, uh, including a pricing one. So it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I'm going to be looking at uh, some stuff in New York, uh, here in D.C., and London right now. Those things will start uh, kicking off very soon. So keep an eye on the website. But I would also really, really strongly encourage you to check out um, the recent market research blog post I posted uh, with eight lessons that I learned, it'll give you a whole bunch of insight into the, the way I approach market research, how I develop insights, but things that you can use right away. It's super valuable. Again, there's a big picture of my Tottenham Hotspur mug. Uh, it is there for a specific reason that you will find out while by reading the article. Get the Talking Tickets newsletter. TalkingTickets.Substack.com It's my weekly newsletter about tickets some Marketing and selling tickets Oh, I I would be remiss If mentioning to the Check out and get on the uh, Numbers to Know Webinar I'm going to post it here later But you're going to want to get there to do the Q&A live It's the annual thing I do Where I look at numbers for the year to come And help you put put them in context So you understand what they mean And help you sell more tickets That's coming up on the 13th of December uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So check that out. You can send me an email to get invited. It's dave at davewakeman.com Check out my friends at Booking Protect. They are in the planning stages for Intex. It's going to be very exciting. It is in my hometown of Seattle. I was born in Bremerton right across the Puget Sound. I lived there uh, in my early 20s. Helped open the Experience Museum Project. Sorry, the Experience Music Project, which is now the Mopop Museum. Uh, So there's a lot of stuff. I can't wait to go to Seattle to see Um, Booking Protect is now a cover genius company. And that means that there is more information for you, Uh, greater technological solutions uh, and the same great customer service that you've come to expect. Uh, So check them out, BookingProtect.com and make sure you connect with them in Seattle. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast, uh, reading the newsletter, engaging with me, working with me, all these things. Uh, it's always great to hear from you and talk to you. Um, and like I said, it's been a tough time last couple of years for everybody. If you need somebody to chat to, send me a note. I'll crack some dad jokes or whatever for you. Uh, but I just don't want you to feel like you're going through these things alone. Uh, I'm always there for you. Uh, but until next time, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.